Welcome to the fourth and short podcast. This is your host, the self-proclaimed, and on a bye week, Steelers fan Jason Felt. And across from me is the cheesehead of the South, Matthew Peterson. Matthew, welcome to the show. Thank you. I am doing about like Rogers passerine today. Perfect! <laughs> well, just as a little taste of what you're going to see in the show for a little bit, a perfect Matthew equals a perfect Roger. I guess it's the other way around. A perfect it's Rogers true. equals a perfect Matthew. So uh, that's really good. But at uh, today's show, we're going to talk about those backup quarterbacks because it's been the year of the backup quarterback this year. We see another one come in this week in the NFL, and uh, we'll see how that goes. We're going to find out uh, who is tops in the NFC because there's several teams that are playing for that. And then we're going to talk about trades because the trade deadline is not too far away. And so we're going to give you some trades that maybe we'd like to see happen that would be interesting to see happen. Now, before we get into our first segment, before we get into first and 10, we have an answer to a question on the show last week. Yes, we do. All right. Now, did you did you do any research on I this? I did do some somebody, research on it. Because uh, somebody told me about this. Shout out to John Barnes, listens to the show, and he looked it up, was so interested in what we talked about last week, about the, the guy on the sidelines wearing the orange oven mitts. But since you looked it up, would you, you want to go ahead and share what you found out? Yeah, apparently the orange oven mitts. Because everybody wants to know. They're they're worn by the guy who's talking. They're in communication with the uh, with the TV networks, and basically he's signaling to the officials when it's time to go to commercial break and how many commercials needs to fit in. Right. He's he's giving them all that information. Mm-hmm. He's also keeping track of how much time has been spent on commercials so far. Yeah. Yeah. So, he's got to hold his hands up with those uh-huh. the orange oven mitts as long as the commercials are playing. Yeah. So. So if you see, you'll never see that guy. No. no, You'll never see that guy. Not unless you go to a game. That's right. Otherwise, you'll never see the orange oven mitts, man. So look what you're missing when you don't go to a game live. Exactly. You miss orange (laughs) oven mitts. I think we should get one of those. I mean, do you think that that could come in handy in other scenarios in life? I think it could. Uh, I think it could when uh, pastor's preaching a sermon. Go to commercial right now. <laughs> Give him the cut. Hey, hey, hold it, hold hey, it hey. Up in the balcony. If they're, if they're out there, trying to like, uh, how was it playing tonight? Hold it up, the orange oven mitts. Time to cut it off, pastor. <laughs> I dare you to try that because I, I will not be doing that. Hey, they're really catchy. You notice them. I don't think that's the problem here. I don't think the problem is that he's not going to notice it. So anyway, we're trying to bring you as much information as we can on this podcast. And uh-huh. so now you're in the know about orange oven mitts. And uh, so we're going to jump right into things today. We've got the Sunday night game on, watching that. The Cowboys and the Eagles tied at 3-3 three and three atop the pitiful NFC East. No offense to any fan base. Well, maybe I do mean a little bit of offense to those fan bases. Uh, but they are playing tonight in Dallas, and Dallas has just scored again to go up 14 to nothing here in the first quarter. And so we'll keep you updated on how that game goes. Looks like Zeke just ran it in, and uh, pending the extra point, it'll be 14 to nothing. And uh, so we're going to get right into things. Are you ready for tonight? You ready? I'm ready. You let's ready go. to do this? Let's, let's get into this tonight. First segment, first and 10. First and 10. Uh, like Jason said, this really has been the year of the backup quarterbacks. And it, it got me thinking, you know, I don't want to dwell too much on necessarily the backup quarterbacks that are playing right now, but I want to think about the concept of the backup quarterbacks and just how important that they really are. Um, so my question that I want to pose right now is, can a steam can a steam can a team stay competitive? No, the steam can't. 
Yeah, steam, steam can. <laughs> uh, can a team stay competitive with a backup quarterback, or is losing your your stud quarterback an end to your season? Honestly, it really depends on who your your backup is. Um, I disagree. Okay. I don't think that it's necessarily who your backup QB is. I think it's the quality of the team around you. Honestly, though, I think it's I think it's got to be a little bit of both, right? Yeah, but you can you can game plan around having a bad backup quarterback. It doesn't matter how many times that you know Tom Brady's gotten hurt. Belichick is still going to win a game with a backup quarterback. He's going to play to their strength. Yes. So you had what? There was that time when Brady got hurt, mm-hmm. and then Brissett got hurt. Yeah, and then they were down to their third string QB, and they just kept. Within, was that Jimmy G was on the team then? Well, yeah, yeah, I think it was Jimmy G. But and I Brissette. think Jimmy G was the wasn't he the second string, and Brissett yeah, was the third, was string? third string. Third Brissette, string. Nobody expected Brissett to see the field. No, but and yeah, all those guys have have gone on to become starting QBs in this league. Uh, Brissett was a career backup until this year, right? And now all of a sudden he's becoming something. So I think that I think you have to have a good team if you're a playoff team. I think that you're going to be able to pull along even a backup quarterback and you're still going to stay competitive and you're still going to win games. Well, I agree. Well, I think that the the better teams like the Patriots, I don't know how much we can pull the Patriots into this conversation just because they are such an anomaly. They are such a team run by system. And that's not taking away from any of the talent of the players that are on their team. But honestly, I think you could put just about any backup quarterback, any quarterback, regardless of maybe their talent level, and I they're going to be able to perform they will because find of the system. ways to win. Yes. I think that they will play to their strengths, and you'll realize, okay, my guy can do this, and he can't do this. Right. Well, but I don't think that that's necessarily going to be the case. And maybe, maybe, that, maybe, I'm, at, maybe I'm, I am arguing your point look, for you. Look at when Rodgers went down Oof. and the mess that the yep. Green Bay Packers turned into. Yep. Why? Because we didn't have a team. We yep. had Rodgers, and we said, okay, Rodgers will fix it. And we just relied on Rodgers fixing it for a long time. Mm-hmm. As soon as he went down, guess what? The team fell totally apart. Right. Well, and I think of going back. I mean, if you use the Patriots as an example, when Brady got hurt in, uh, what year was that? That he got hurt and missed basically the whole year. I don't remember. Uh, 08 maybe. Uh, but Matt Castle comes in. And I mean, Matt Castle was not a good NFL quarterback. I mean, we saw that. He, went to, he got that huge deal from Kansas mm-hmm. City and then completely fell apart. So I guess I guess it you have to have a good team. Okay, I'll say it this way. If you don't have a good backup quarterback, a quality backup quarterback, take for instance Tennessee. Last year benched or last week benched Mariota, mm-hmm. went to Tannehill. Tannehill played again today. I mean, he's not anything spectacular, but he's a solid backup quarterback. I think he's better than well, Mariota. <laughs> That does not take much right now. Okay, I think, too, that teams should stop trying to have, you know, two extra quarterbacks on the, on the team and just get one that's pretty darn solid. As far as the backup? Yes, as far as the backup QB is. I'll look for one solid guy, and then, okay, if, if I have to rely on this guy, then maybe I'll go pick up somebody off waivers or sign somebody from else, somebody else's practice squad sure. to fill that backup need then. I would rely on my number one and then just have a solid number two behind it. Yeah. I think that, and I'll get into this later, but I think Mariota's done with Tennessee after this year because he's a free agent this mm-hmm. next year. Mm-hmm. I would totally grab him and put him as my backup on a team. Somewhere. Oh, absolutely. I would stash him. 
you know, if he's willing to do that and not, you know, not try to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just go with two quarterbacks, my main guy, and then a really good backup. Well, that's what we're seeing. We're seeing failed starters in the NFL being backups and having success this year, whether it's Teddy Bridgewater today, this is not a large sample size, but Matt Schaub came in after Matt Ryan got hurt and led a pretty good drive for the Falcons. Um, but I think that may be the the way to go, whether it's Ryan Fitzpatrick, that's what he's done for how many years now? Um, and, and it's these guys that have failed as starters that maybe have some talent, but I, I just think they have enough to be a starting NFL quarterback for all the talent to be upon them. You know, and I, I go back to, as a Steelers fan, thinking about, I mean, I've had to deal with injuries at the quarterback position over the years. Especially this year, too. Yes. And this year, obviously, is the prime example um, where, and this year is a little bit different because they had Josh Dobbs, well, they had uh, Landry Jones. Well, you guys Jones. traded Do- Dobbs. Yes, well, before this right? year, they had Landry Jones, who was a backup quarterback, and he was a backup in the purest definition of backups, he would never, ever be able to be a starter in this league. <laughs> I actually did see that he's playing in the XFL now. Mm. Um, but now, dra- then when they drafted Dobbs, he was, again, I really feel like Dobbs is more of the quintessential backup quarterback. He's not going to be able to start in this league, and he gets traded. So now they're left with Mason Rudolph, who to me is, instead of the backup as we think of a backup where he's there for um emergencies like we see this year he's he's more the heir apparent or the person they want to take over yeah so him being in the situation that he's in right now having to take over roethlisberger is a little bit different than some of these other backup quarters that backs that we're seeing but we go back in the past when the steelers had charlie batch on their team for years and he was a backup quarterback he wasn't a failed starter well i guess I guess you could say he well, was. He started for quite a while, right? He did. He started for the Lions, you know. and Oh, uh, so he was a failed starter. Yeah. <laughs> so he well. comes in, but he was a great starting quarterback because they didn't expect him to do too much. So you can have success with a, with a backup quarterback, whether they're a failed starter or they're somebody that is a backup of backups. I think it all depends on the team around you. I agree. And let me say this now then. Matt Moore is the backup quarterback for KC, right? Right. Yeah. So – how is he going to do now that he's going to have to start for the next three games for Kansas City? Right. How, where, where do you see them coming through? Because I, don't, I don't see them winning because I don't think that the team around him is good enough. See, and that's the thing. I, I, you see some things, whether it's the Patriots or in those years that the Steelers had to deal with Charlie Batch for a few weeks when, when Roethlisberger went down, or we're seeing with the Saints right now with Teddy Bridgewater. On, if a if a backup quarterback is going to come in and succeed, I feel like they have got to have number one. They've got to have a good defense to where the offense is KC not doesn't mis- have a good exactly defense. to where the offense is not required to score a lot of points, and they've got to have at least a halfway decent offensive line slash running game. They don't have a and decent that's running game. that's in flux. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The team around them has to be good. That's KC, what matters. KC is built on their passing game, and the passing game is built on Patrick Mahomes. Exactly. They're in the same situation I think the Packers were in, where we just relied on Aaron Rodgers to do it all. Yep. And so I think they may be relying on Patrick Mahomes to do it all, and I think that they have a potential to not do so hot over the next three games. I think they'll lose to Green Bay, and I need to see the next two games. But things could be getting spicy in the uh, AFC West. I agree. I agree. I think 
I was going to pose this question when we get to there, and we'll, we'll talk about it in just a second, but could there be a shakeup? Is this, how is this going to affect the playoff picture in the AFC? I think it does. Because, I mean, it was, and Philadelphia just scored, was that Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard? Dallas Goddard Got scored it. a touchdown for the Eagles, 14-7. Um, I think that now we just assumed that Kansas City was going to be the number two, and it was going to be Kansas City and the, and the Patriots in the championship. That may not be the case anymore. And we'll talk about some of these other AFC teams that played today and put up a good showing. Um, but um, I don't even remember where I was going with that. Oh, um, I remember what I was going to say. With backup quarterbacks, I think that there can be some exceptions if, at least in the offense, I think, I think if you don't have a good defense as a backup quarterback and you're expected to score to keep, up, to keep in games, then you're done. That's impossible. Um, unless you've got Fitzmagic. Um, you're not going to be able to do it. However, I think we're seeing in the case of like the Steelers with Mason Rudolph now, good coaching or at least a good game plan can make up for some of the lack of weapons and help I don't you get think, around that. Uh, we're getting into the weeds, but I don't think that the Steelers are a bad team. I think that there is. Aww. I think that there is, but oh, look how many first round picks you got on that defense. Very true. Well, guys, and, that's, and that's the thing. Our defense has been good this year. The yes. defense has been solid this year. It's what's been keeping us into games. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, you've got to have that. I mean, the Bears can limp along with Trubisky, and they've got a great defense Whoa. and a bad <laughs> offense. I don't, I don't think there's much limping going on there. Yeah. So, well, uh, we'll be interested. It has been the year of the backup quarterbacks. Backup quarterbacks have been winning, winning games left and right as starting QBs have going down. And it's been exciting to see. Uh, if nothing else, it's been exciting to see the success of the backup quarterback this year, and uh, we'll definitely look to see that continue. Well, that's enough for first and 10. Let's get into our second segment, second and long today. Hi. Second and long is we're going to look at all of the games uh, that took place today, and uh, we had four teams on a bye this week, Carolina, Tampa Bay, Cleveland, and Pittsburgh, and so we're going to jump right into the first game of the week was the Thursday night game. Kansas City, we just talked a lot about that, so we're not going to spend too much time talking about them. Uh, obviously, Patrick Mahomes goes down with an injury, but they defeat Denver 30-6. to And wow, Denver looked bad. <laughs> wow. Which is it's so weird because they had two games where they looked at least semi-competent mm -hmm. and then just completely fell apart. And, and they started out this game, scored on their first drive, and, that was and then good. after that, that was completely it. I mean, you literally thought with the way Denver's defense had been playing and the way Kansas City's defense was that it was going to be a shootout. But obviously that that was it. Kansas City's D steps up, shut the door, which was kind of kind of easy to shut when your quarterback can't run. And <laughs> do you see how many uh, like screenshots everybody took of the game when there was literally a huge lane in front of Flacco to just run into the end zone or something like that? And he wouldn't take it. He Everybody, wouldn't run. Couldn't make a throw. People were dropping passes. Their tight end, whoever he was, could not catch the ball. No, my word, Noah, Noah Fant out of yeah. Iowa, or, yeah. or Noah can't. Yeah, Noah can't because he couldn't catch. <laughs> uh, yeah, Denver. Denver has not looked good. Elway was wacko for Flacco before this year, and it has come back as a nightmare because, I mean, the, they can't do anything on offense. Mm -mm. They cannot do anything on offense, and their defense has certainly 
uh, is a shell of what we we saw them were. Kansas City's, as, as I was about to say, Kansas City's defense has not been good all year and then has stepped up in this game without their probably number one guy in the front, Chris it Jones. It wasn't real hard to step up against the Broncos, though. No, but... I mean, the, the Broncos had You're been... Playing, you, they played at home, right? Was, was that Arrowhead? This is in Denver. Oh, in Denver. Never mind. Yeah, so again, and that's not an easy place to play. So, but let's just talk real quick. What does this do with Mahomes being out? What does this do? Where does this leave the Chiefs long-term this season? As far as I, mean, playoff season? I think it's like I said in my last segment. I don't think that Matt Moore is going to be able to get it done. I think that... Well, let me pull up their, their schedule here. What is the Chiefs' schedule? Here, I've got it right here in front of me. Okay, uh, hit it up. What do we got? Packers are next, right? Uh, yeah, so you got the Packers next. Lose that one. And then they've got the Vikings. Lose that one. And then they've got the Titans. 50-50. Yeah, so, I mean, they could be 6-4 and four after these next three games. Yes, they could. Let, let's say 6-4. Let's say and four. I think that's totally reasonable. I think it's totally believable. They might be able to win one. Let's see how Matt Moore looks. But... You know, without the supporting cast around him, which I don't think that the Chiefs have, I think that they'll be sitting at six and four. And the Raiders, they're not bad. No, the Raiders could give them a run for their they money. They could give them a run for their money. And I think that uh that they'll eventually they'll get um um Williams back over on the on the Raiders. And uh once he comes back, I mean they they've got weapons there. I think Josh Jacobs looks good. He's putting up really good numbers. He has uh I think for rookies at this point, he's up there with uh, Marcus Allen and Bo Jackson in Raiders history. So Joe, uh, Josh Jacobs is the real deal now that they finally des- decided to give him the ball. Yeah, so there's a there's some potential there. Now they need to work on their and we're not getting the Raiders. I'm not trying to. They need to work on their their pass defense a little bit. But I think that Kansas City is gonna be. They will be. They're gonna need Mahomes to get back as soon as he can get back. Absolutely. To save their, well, save especially their playoff because standing. they'll only have what two more weeks. I didn't. I, I, what, what was the schedule on them? So they've got uh, these three. Then they'll have Chargers and Raiders to tune up for the Patriots. Mm. I could see them dropping that Raiders game, even with Mahomes back. as a kind of a trap game. Yeah. yeah. Well, not even a trap game. I think that the Raiders are. They're. Yeah, for real. They're solid. They're solidly. Five and five. They're a solid five and five right now. Okay. Yeah. Well, so, five hundred. I mean. Yeah, they're, they're a three and three. Yeah. yeah, they're a solid five hundred team. So of the just talking AFC playoff picture here as we stand in week seven, um, you've got the Patriots as the one seed. You've got the Bills as the first wild card, which mm-hmm. they they look they played the Dolphins today. We'll talk about that game in just a second. You've got the Chiefs at five and two. Uh, you've got the Ravens at five and two, and you've got the Colts at four and two. So obviously, Colts are good four and two. Colts and Ravens are yeah, and I mean they just because they were on a bye, they could be five and two depending on who they play. Mm-hmm. So do where do we see the Chiefs fall with those three teams? We're not looking at those other two teams' schedule, but I mean I I wouldn't be surprised if I see them go down to be the four seed. Yeah, I I, I wouldn't be surprised either. I think that they'll obviously still win their division. Um, yeah, I, I, I see that because I don't think anybody's challenging for that necessarily. The Raiders will give them some scare, I think, towards the end of the season. I think it'll be enough to make them worried, especially how these next three games go without uh, uh, Mahomes in. Uh, but they could be looking, they could be on the outside looking in as far as uh, playoff positioning. They could be on the road the whole time. I was going to say, they're not going to have the friendly confines of Arrowhead. They won't. So we'll see what happens there. All right, next game. 
Next game is San Francisco and Washington. San Francisco wins 9-0. Yep. It was rainy. Did you see the people sliding around in this game? Oh, yeah. It was so nasty. Well, all that rain we were supposed to get last week is all the way up there now. Yeah. And it, uh, yeah, it showed. Uh, so it was pretty much just running all day, pretty much because nobody really threw the ball at all. Uh, the first drive, uh, AP had 50 yards or something like that. And after that, he had, he finished with 80. I was going to say, it was like 80 something yards. Yeah. So he only gained another 30 yards pretty much the whole entire day. There's not much you can take away from a game like that. No. Right? It was just a sloppy, wet football game. I mean, with the with the weather, teams weren't able to do what they're gonna do, which uh, San Francisco. But here's my here's my takeaway. But here's my takeaway for the 49ers. Okay, if you're a good football team, you win the games you should win, and they no matter, should have won no this matter. game. Yeah, and they won this game. They won it ugly. They won it with just some runs and some field goals. But you know what? They won the game. Hey, and kudos to them. Because that's what they need to do. They're still undefeated. Yeah, they're still undefeated. We cannot l- let that go by. The 49ers, just like everybody in the country before, outside of San Francisco, thought we would be saying at this point in the year, the 49ers are undefeated. Mm-hmm. They win the game they're supposed to win. Good teams do that. Yeah, good for the 49ers. Uh, I, uh, that's kind of one of those feel-good things that nobody, this has come out of nowhere. And again, we'll have to see when they actually play some real teams. I mean, I know they played the Rams last week and played them real good, but the Rams have been questionable. Um, the the Seattle matchup, what is that, next week? Uh, it's coming soon. And that's what we're going to really want to be able to see from uh, from the 49ers to see see what happens there. I think for the 49ers... Hey, the- I bet you it's a close game. This is true. This is true. I guess we've got three weeks till that game. Oh, um, that far away? Yeah, it's we the 49ers got Panthers, Cardinals, those are probably both wins and then the Seahawks. Really over the Panthers? You think so, huh? It's in San Francisco, so yeah, I do. Hmm. I do. I'm curious to see what the line is on that. That'll be a good game either way. I bet you it's a I'm going to predict now it's going to be a 3 somewhere in between 2 and a half to 3 and a half point spread. Yeah, it's, it's going to be, be it's going to be close. Yep. It's going to be close. But San Francisco's got to get a, a pass a passing game. Uh, they don't have anybody really catching the ball outside of George Kittle mm-hmm. and Breda go. Matt Breda went down in this game injured, which they have ridiculous amount of running backs to begin with. So it's not going to hurt him too much. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll see what happens with the 49ers. Next game, Arizona defeats the Giants 27 to 21. This is the battle of the rookie QBs, Kyler Murray and Daniel Jones going at it in the Meadowlands. And again, on the East Coast, this was kind of a a rainy, wet, sloppy game. Um, This game was won not because of either one of these rookie quarterbacks. This is really one in spite of them. Um, It was a pretty nasty, nasty game. And Arizona's D, give credit to them, because they were ranked 30th in the NFL coming into this game. But they stepped up. Three turnovers, all by uh, Daniel Jones. I was wondering, should we come up with a new nickname? (laughs) Instead of Danny Dimes? I I don't know how I feel about that. It's, It's kind of really gotten old. But maybe that's just because he looks so bad right now. I mean, what do you want to call him? I, I don't know. I've got nothing. I, I can't come up with anything tonight. <laughs> I can't think of anything right now either. So we're just going to call him Mr. Jones. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Jones. All right. Mr. Jones. Jones. 
Mr. Jones turned the ball over three times. <laughs> and <laughs> twice he gave the Cardinals short field position, and they were able to capitalize with scores both of those times. But, I mean, Kyler Murray finished with 104 yards passing. If you want to know what his pitch count was, it was 21 attempts. I just looked it up. That's pitiful. That's pitiful. It was so bad. Uh, 28 yards. Now, well, apparently they didn't need to throw it because old Chase Edmonds carried it 27 times. I was going to say, do, we, do you want to talk about this? No. You're, so, again, we may have brought this up before. Matt and I, we play in a pretty competitive uh, keeper fantasy league. And earlier this year, Matt offered me a trade that is well known to many. But and and to Matt's credit, look, this is a win now league. If you have a shot at winning, you take your shot and you go for it. And so I did just that. I took a shot. He took a shot. Do you want to tell him or do you want me to tell him? Look, okay, you want me to tell you? Fine. Saquon's out. Okay, how long is Saquon out for? Four to eight weeks. All right. So I says to myself, self, I guess what I'm gonna do. I'm going to trade away my future, knowing I'm trading away my future, to make a move now because I have a shot at going the distance this year because I was sitting at a pretty good record at that point. You know what my record has been at since I that made that point. trade? What was it? I haven't looked. I've been too worried about my team being terrible. I've lost every game or yeah. every game but one. Mm-hmm. one. One of those two. I don't even yeah. know. I have to go back and see yeah. when I made that trade. I yeah. think it's every game. I've lost every game since I made that trade. Yeah. And... David Johnson's done crap for me. Do you feel better now? No, I kind of was glad when Saquon got hurt again or pulled something or whatever it was. But he came back in that game. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Saquon does come back in this game, plays again. Uh, he, he did get he injured something, re-injured that ankle, but he left the game and he came back 18 for 72 and a touchdown. Um, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think the Cardinals are going to be able to compete for – a playoff spot just because the NFC is so tight this year, mm-hmm. but they are definitely starting to mesh. I think we're seeing. I it's mean, rookie, even if David it's a Johnson coach too, though it's yeah. a rookie coach, so it's you can chalk this one up. And I don't think any Cardinals fans thought that they were gonna go out there and win the division this year. No, chalk this one up to a, a learning a learning year. But they're five hundred and a tie. Which they could have won or could have lost, but either way, I mean, you're four and three or three and four, depending on how that tie goes. So Cardinals fans have definitely a lot to look forward to. They could be a whole lot more hopeful, and maybe Giants fans they they're a little bit tempered now, but I think a lot of it has to do with just the fact that they've got so many injuries uh, on the offensive side of the ball. All right, what do you got for the next game? Next game is Houston and Indianapolis. Battle and for first place. Battle for first place. Houston twenty three, Indianapolis thirty. So, you know how we make fun of uh, Seattle a lot for how many close games that they have and they yes. always play it close? Yes. Out of the seven games that Houston has played, six of them have been one-score games at the end. Mm. They play it close, too. Uh, Houston's secondary has been really, really beat up, and it showed today. Uh, they got shredded by old Jacoby Brissett through four touchdowns, no picks, and he looked good. Are they getting? I haven't looked at stats, and not having watched this game, I don't really know. Are they getting much of a pass rush on their opponents? I mean, JJ Watt isn't he injured right now? No, he played. Did he play? He was out there playing. I thought he was injured. Um, I I think I think they're hurting from not having, um, Clowney, from trading away Clowney. Okay, but hold on, hold on. So, with that being said, if you look at the quarterbacks in their division. None of them are 
studs. You don't have a stud quarterback okay. who you really, really, really needed this pressure this to is get true. there. This is true. So letting him go and uh, getting what they what they get for him is a pick. What what pick? Do you even know? I don't remember. I think it was just a, a draft pick. So letting him go, I don't think was a bad move because you didn't have anybody in your division who you were really scared of that was going to shred you. True. So it's okay to let him go, I think. And he he didn't do a ton. Uh, over there at Houston anyway. No, he did but not it was live more up to the, his first round pick standards. It was more the threat, I feel like. Yeah, but I th- I think it was a I think it was, I'm not gonna bash them for letting Jadavian Clowney go because you don't have those elite quarterbacks in your division. So you don't necessarily need that pass rush as much maybe. Um but their secondary is awful. Right. And they need you know they need they need bodies back. I feel like Houston's really letting a, a... Okay, I, I guess I can't say they're letting something slip away, an opportunity slip away, because Brissett has been so good. And again, as we talked before, it's not just the quarterback position on the Colts that's been great. Um, but with the Jags having to go to Minshew and the Titans being, you know, just wishy-washy, not knowing what we're going to get from them, I feel like the, the Texans, if they had played, if they had you know, stop this close play for so much that they could have capitalized on this and been first place in their division. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, you've got Deshaun Watson, you've got DeAndre Hopkins, and maybe it's the lack of a run game for them that has been what's hurt them. Um, I don't know. Uh, but I think that they're going to come to regret that. And they may be on the outside looking in. Let's see. Let's see. It's, uh, like I said, a lot, a lot of injuries right now for them. Well, right now they're kind of battling the Raiders for that second wild card spot. And we still have a lot of the season to play. They're they're in line for a playoff spot. They're right in line now. for a playoff spot. And so let's we'll, see, see let's see how they do when they when it, when it gets a little closer. I think that they're going to stay competitive. I think that they'll they'll have a good shot at that playoff wild card spot. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think that and like I said, the team around the Colts was good. So Jacoby Brissett, I'm not going to try to take away anything anything away from him. But he's got a good team around him, which is why they're playing well. It's true. Will we see, maybe we see them come back down to earth? Indianapolis? Yes. Are we going to see that continue this year? It's just a good team around them. It is. It is. It, I think it's just, it's just a good team. I think Marlon Mack has to stay healthy. It would help a lot. I really do, because I think if they have to rely completely on Jacoby Brissett... I think that that is a recipe for disaster for the Colts. Hey, hold on. Hold on. What do you got for me? Well, I just wanted to see what is, uh, what, how many yards did he have today. Was it well, not Marlon much? Mack? Yeah. I don't think it was much. I think they did rely more on him. Yeah, Marlon Mack had 18 carries for 44 yards. Kobe Brissett, 26 of 39, 326, four touchdowns. I would say that they did rely on him. Now, Texas beat up. Texans are beat up for their, their secondary. Mm-hmm. So it was easy to do it. Right. It was but, definitely the game plan. Yeah, it was the game plan. But they, hey, they went out there and relied on Jacoby Brissett today. Yeah. And, and for, I mean, the Texans, as good as Watson's been, I mean, he had a touchdown and two picks. So it, uh, we'll, we'll see. That, that, a, that a, NFC South, or AFC, AFC South, 
is definitely going to be um, a storyline going forward. I think it's going to go back and forth those, between those two teams. Yeah, we, may, we, may, we may see the leader of that, that division change several times. I, I, I don't think so. I think the Colts, think the Colts have got I it. I think the Colts are going to take it just because they're a more complete team. Okay. Well, we'll see what happens there. Battle for the NFC in the NFC North. Minnesota defeats Detroit 42-30. Uh, Captain Kirk, get on the Enterprise and take off because he has struck again. Uh, he certainly seems to be okay with all of his wide receivers. All of, the, all of the noise, the talk coming out of Minnesota several weeks ago is, is gone, is quiet. Everybody's happy. Everybody is, you know, holding hands, singing kumbaya. They're all happy together. He has four touchdowns to four different receivers. None of them go to Stephon Diggs, but he has 172 yards. Um, Adam Thielen catches. You see Adam Thielen's touchdown catch? No. Oh, you need to go back and watch that because he caught in the back of the end zone and his knees are almost on the ground as he's scraping his toes right before he goes out. Now, in that play, he injures his hamstring, leaves the game, so we'll see what happens there. So all of this talk... Oh, darn. (laughs) What do you got against Adam Thielen? The Vikings. Oh, that's true. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> I shouldn't be looking for sympathy for the Vikings players from a Packers fan. No. So, as much as we talk about Captain Kirk, I've got a new captain. Because I just can't continue to make the same kitchen cook oh, cooking pun in oh, Minnesota. Gosh. So we've got Captain Cook, Kirk, and we've got Captain Cook. Because Captain Cook was sailing around, setting sail on his voyage, conquering new lands for the Minnesota Vikings. Dalvin Cook, 26 for 142 and two more touchdowns. No split in time with Alexander Madison this week. Dalvin Cook is real, bro. And I know as a, Viking, or as a Green Bay fan, you do not want to admit that. You don't want to give any credit to anybody that's wearing purple. I mean, I never said he wasn't a good running back. I mean, I think he is. I think his stat line has showed it this year. He's good. He's, he's good, but, yeah, I mean, okay. You worried at all about that Minnesota offense as a Green Bay fan? I mean, it's, it's the, the inverse of what happened last year. Last year, they realized, they said, oh, we can't put it all on, on Kirk Cousins. We need to run the ball more. So they just started feeding Dalvin Cook, and then all of a sudden he exploded last year. This year, they said, we're just going to feed uh, Dalvin Cook, and then they realized, oh, wait, we're not winning any games. We need to start generating some offense, and so now they start airing it out. So uh, we see in this game, though, they, they need put to be both balanced. together. Yeah, they they finally balanced and they put both together. And they, um, yeah, I I always thought that Minnesota. I thought it was gonna be a battle between Minnesota and Green Bay from the beginning of this year. I mm-hmm. thought it was gonna be a battle between those two last year, and then the Bears kind of popped up out of nowhere and did some stuff. Right. And then uh, they did some stuff last year because they're not yeah, doing, they ain't doing any, any stuff last this year. Doing any stuff this year. So we shall see. Well, Detroit, offenses are historically slow starters at the beginning of the year. Right. And then after they get time to work together and mesh, they turn out to be pretty good. Uh, so it's usually defense heavy at the beginning and then mm-hmm. offense heavier towards the end. Yep. I kinda, and that's kind of the route that uh, Minnesota's going. I kind of feel bad for Detroit a little bit. I know you don't. But, you know, they've – they – Started off the year really strong. I mean, kind of being one of those surprise teams through the first couple of weeks of the season. But now I think we're seeing the real Detroit come out. They can't run the ball at all. They abandoned it. Now, again, Minnesota has a good run defense. They're ninth in the NFL and run defense going into this game. Um, And Stafford can throw the ball, four touchdowns to Marvin Jones. But with no run game, 
it's not going to make any difference uh, because you cannot stop the because their defense is just porous right now, mm-hmm. and you can't stop the other team from scoring. Um, so I think it is going to come down to Green Bay and Minnesota in that division, and I think Detroit is and and Chicago are just going to be fighting for last place. So, uh, so tell us about those Packers. Well, Rodgers had a perfect passer rating. I don't know if you heard that or not. It wasn't just a perfect pass rating. It was uh, five touchdowns through the air, one touchdown running, 430-something yards, perfect passer rating. That's, that's something special. Yes, it was. I believe that's his first time having a perfect passer rating in a game, too. Really? I'm just going off of uh, some memory of me being outraged that he didn't have one yet. And now <laughs> I'm like, oh, yes, okay, good, he has one. Green Bay's defense has issues. The game did not yeah. look that close at the 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 uh, points, but it was a lot closer game than than the than the score showed. We we need to fix some stuff on defense. We really do. I think that that early showings we, we we're not, our defense isn't bad. Don't don't get me wrong. It's it, it's just not great. It's kind of on the lower side of good. It's it's just a step above meh. So it's kind of where we thought they were going to be, because they kind of, I, to me it seemed like they came out at the beginning of this year and looked a whole lot better than anybody expected. Yes, they did. So now they've definitely come down to earth. Yeah, they've come down to earth, but I think that there was a lot of blown coverages. I think there's a lot of stuff that we can fix. A lot of it's fixable stuff. So just it's not a mental mistakes. Yeah, it's not a it's not a talent problem. I don't think. I think it's just the the problem of mental mistakes and just doing dumb crap like blowing coverages. So I think it's fixable. I think we still have the potential to be good. Mm-hmm. But right now, we're currently one step above meh, and we need to get a little bit better. For as great a game as Aaron Rodgers and the rest of the team had on offense, Oakland actually outgained you by three yards, 484 to 481. So yeah, I mean, I believe you, can, you can definitely totally see that. It. But it's on the ground, and that's, that's where teams have been beating Green Bay all year long, or at least have been... Uh, uh, it's been back and forth. I think it's been back and forth uh, where we get shredded because with uh, the uh, Lions last week, it was all through the air. Yeah, they don't really have a run game either. That's true. And I'm not gonna take any away from Josh Jacobs. I think he's a good running back. And so right. he went out there and I mean he balled you know, out. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Well, and it, it it's the it's the turnovers. Whoever wins the turnovers, you Which guys said we did. You had two turnovers, and here was here was the big swing. I was gonna say, wasn't right yeah, towards the swing. end of the first half was when Derek Carr tried to run the ball himself into the end zone, fumbled it into the end zone. Which why do turnover. you do that? I don't why, know. Why do you do that? You, you got Josh scoring, Jacobs. You went from scoring seven points to giving the ball to Rodgers, who went down there and scored seven points. Then it's a fourteen got the point ball swing. Back. Yep, it's a fourteen point swing. It was. Why do you do that? I don't understand why teams do that. Where they, this this happened in a college game yesterday. You fumble on the goal line when you're trying to run a quarterback sneak. He wasn't trying to run a quarterback sneak, though. It was just a rollout play where he was looking for somebody else, realized that, hey, I've got room to run, and then tried to run for the, the touchdown. That's just silliness. You're just wasting, you're wasting a drive. You're wasting a chance to score. When you've got playmakers, get it to your playmakers when you're on the goal line. Don't try to do something silly. It, unless, unless you are Aaron Rodgers. Um, don't, don't, don't try to be something that you're not Derek Carr. Oakland's Oakland's got the potential. They've got potential to, to cause a little bit of worry for KC over these next three games. I don't think Oakland's going to be able to put it together season long. They've got talent. They've got potential. 
but they've got too many question marks, and Derek Carr is their quarterback. Derek Carr looked good. I understand that, but Derek Carr always looks good. He always looks good, and then when you put too much pressure on him or you think and expect him to do something that he can't do, he crumbles beneath you, crumbles in your hand. Like dust. Just like, gone. Uh, no, I'm going to be uh, – I feel like I have to – I just want to argue with you or something. So I'm going to say no. Derek Carr is going to put argue. it together this year. We're going to argue. Derek later. Carr Derek will Carr only is- put it together. They are going to give the KC a serious run for their money. Well, I think they definitely can. Uh, And the Cowboys almost scored down to the one-yard line. Yeah, I think think you're right there, but I don't think it's going to be because of Derek Carr. I think it's going to be in spite of him. Mm. Sorry, Derek. Mm. Jacksonville and Cincinnati. Jacksonville wins. They win the game 27-17. A just like these are the games that we've talked about so far, a slow, ugly start, seven, six at half. Uh, but eventually Jacksonville's D gets on Andy Dalton. They pressured him all day. He throws three picks. Um uh, Jalen Ramsey, who for the Jacksonville defense? They're not worried about losing Jalen Ramsey. They played the Bengals. <laughs> I, I knew that. I was gonna bring that up. I, I was gonna bring Please. that up. Please. I was gonna bring that up. But look. Okay. Isn't Cincinnati still winless? Yes. So yeah. let's talk about Cincinnati for a second. Because they Jackson- haven't won since Marvin Lewis got fired. Just saying. Bring back Marvin Lewis. <laughs> hey, as a Steelers fan, I, mean, I would be completely fine with that. So let me talk about Cincinnati just for a second. Because there's not much to talk about with Jacksonville. I don't think with Houston and Indianapolis that they're going to be able to continue. They're just going to kind of be up and down again. They won because it was Cincinnati. Um, so for, for Cincinnati, the Bengals. Joe Mixon had 10 rushes for two yards. Pretty bad. Cincinnati has got to be very, very, very scared right now because you thought your problem was Marvin Lewis. I mean, He's not your problem. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're, if you're a new coach, you have to put your new system in. You have to get your guys. You have to get blah, blah, blah. Didn't, so, work, didn't work last year in Arizona. Didn't work in Arizona. They fired that guy. I don't even remember what his name was. He had such a short they fired time. That guy. <laughs> it's such a short time in the NFL. So let me ask you. Is, is there it, potential there? No, I don't think there's really any potential right is there. Is it time in Cincinnati that we either You can't a, fire the owner. <laughs> oh, if we could only do that. Uh, is it time for just a change at QB? Does Zach Taylor need to get a QB? that he can trust and build his system or or can put into his system and build his team around? Or is this the Cardinals from last year? Is just Zach Taylor need to go? Is this just not going to work? We said that, we said that last week or maybe the week before that. We just don't think that, or at least I don't think that uh, big ginger is the way forward with the, um, with the Bengals. No offense to Jordan. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) No, Andy Dalton, yeah, get rid of Andy Dalton. It's time to move on. It's time to clean shop. I think you Andy, can't get any worse. Andy Dalton needs to become one of those backups. Yeah, I think he'd be pretty solid in that role. Oh, he'd be a great backup. He would be a fantastic backup like that. Get rid of you don't need three backups, I wouldn't think, or two backup quarterbacks. I would just get one Andy Dalton caliber guy mm-hmm. who can come in and uh save the day if you're you're struggling. Yep. If your big quarterback gets hurt. Absolutely. I think he's perfect for that role. 
On that, no, I'm getting rid of him. All right. Sorry, Andy. You are gone. Fire that man! All right. Miami and Buffalo. Miami and Buffalo. Okay. One of these two teams, Miami and Buffalo, one of these two teams won the time of possession battle, won the total yards, won the passing yards, was just under on the rushing yards, won the first downs, won the amount of sacks, and won the total plays. It's Miami, right? And they lost. Yes. <laughs> yes. Of course it All was. Right. 31 Buffalo, Miami 21. Miami was not only up in this game, they had pretty much all the stat lines. It was closer than a 10-point game, too. They had, like I said, they had everything. They had every stat except turnovers. They turned the ball over twice. And that's, that'll get you every time. Yeah, it sure will. So, yeah, obviously, I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick threw an interception. But, hey, he also had a pretty good uh, uh, game aside from that. 282 yards and a touchdown. Uh, so, they... Found a way to lose. Miami found a way to lose. Uh, Buffalo didn't look like one of the best defenses in the league. I mean, this is Miami we're talking about, and this is Fitzpatrick. I mean, yeah, I'm not especially just in Buffalo. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't look like one of the best defenses in the league, but they somehow still won, which is important. And I think I think that maybe this is kind of a testament because Josh Allen kind of put the Bills on his back in that third or that fourth quarter. They scored 22 points in the fourth quarter. Well, seven of those points came off that onside kick. Yes. At the very end, there was an onside kick that instead of Miami recovering it, a Bills guy just picked it up and ran to the end zone. Right. So, so I mean. I mean, still, you're talking, you know, 14 points-ish. Yeah. That, that they scored in the fourth quarter. So, good on them. Yeah. So, Buffalo is still coming out. I, I, I'm Miami, again, is <laughs> – they're getting <laughs> – they're getting close to wins in this in these games, and they're all of a sudden realizing, oh, crap, we can't win these games. Okay. Quick lose! Miami versus Cincinnati. Who wins that? Oh, my goodness gracious. Well, we saw who won between Miami and the Redskins, which that kind of is on the same level, I would think. You know what? I'm going to say that Miami would win that game. I was thinking Miami, too. I was. So, Bengals, you have been crowned as the worst team in the NFL. Yeah. Oh, that's... I think Miami would win that game. Wow. How far have the mighty fallen? Mm, they ain't been mighty for a long time. Yeah. So, well, Miami, you're still in line, at least. Everybody, at least, is going to be rooting for you to get the number one pick. So who does Cincinnati then? If they this is just hypothetical. If Cincinnati gets the number one pick, do they go after a quarterback? Do they keep Zach Taylor and go after a quarterback to put in that system? Uh, I think a lot depends on the locker room culture and how much faith the GM has in him. Mm -hmm. I think that's. I don't know. I'm not that familiar with their locker room and how that's all panning out. Yeah. So I don't know. It'd be interesting. Uh, sure, they keep them <laughs> and they go for a new quarterback. I don't know. Wow, we are just—I don't know. We are just just picking it apart, knocking it down here, <laughs> hitting it out of the park. Rams in Atlanta. Rams win thirty-seven to ten. Okay, right now, right you're holding your hand, your face in your hands right now. You want to say something about this? No, Atlanta sucks. <laughs> I think we've established wow. 
I think we've established that several times already this year. So now, I want us to just talk about this. Over under on when Dan Quinn gets fired. Oh, it'll be before the end of the season. All right. Would you care to go Week, before that? Um, Do you think he gets fired? Does he last the night? Hold on. Yes. Okay, does he last the week? Does he get fired before the next game? I'm going to say no. Okay. Just because he's taken them to the Super Bowl. So he gets the benefit of the doubt. Yes. Listen, it doesn't get any better for the Falcons from here. I was, I'm, I'm trying to look up the schedule right I now. I got it right you here. right there. Tell me. Seahawks. Yeah. Saints. Yeah. That's in New Orleans. Oh, he'll be gone by Saints. He'll last one more week. If they, if they lose to the Seahawks, do they? Yeah. Does he get fired? <laughs> He's gone. Man. That's... He won't make it to the Saints. Did, did Brady and the Patriots break Dan yeah. Quinn and the Falcons? 28-3. All I gotta say. I'm telling you that he he apparently that's the only thing he thinks about right now because they are just been so bad. Um, it was defenses in the first half of this game it was 13-3 at half, but when they came right back out of the locker room, it was all Rams. First two drives to the Rams touchdown and the inner the uh, Falcons drive in between those two was interceptions that led to the second Rams touchdown. Uh, Goff looked good in this game. He spread it around. Uh, to his three main wide, rece- wide receivers. And Gerald Everett. Old yeah, I saw. South I saw, Alabama. I saw Jaguar. Uh, really, he's like a big wide receiver, but their tight end, he was the main He was the main targeted receiver on the team. Ten targets. Good on him. Caught a touchdown. Good for Gerald Everett. I mean, he's been waiting for this opportunity and Goff seems to trust him. He was looking for it. It seemed like every time I was watching this game on TV, it seems like every other time I turned around, he was targeting him. And he was open. And Goff was just missing him. I mean, he could have had at least another touchdown. It was the Falcon. Look, I'm not saying... Everybody's open against Falcon. This is very true. I'm not saying it was anything. Now, I will say, obviously, mentioned earlier... Uh, Didn't they win against the Eagles? Falcons did, yeah. Man. <laughs> Does that tell about, Man. Tell you about the Eagles? <laughs> Uh, we mentioned earlier Jalen Ramsey traded to the Rams from the uh, Jaguars. And that matchup between him and Julio Jones, that was a pretty fun matchup to watch. Um, Julio ended up with over 90 yards, didn't catch a touchdown. Uh, Julio's they the were, best wide receiver in the league. Man, they were going back and forth the whole game, jawing back and forth. So that was fun. Now, as we said, Matt Ryan left this game with an ankle injury. Matt Schaub comes back in and scores their only touchdown for them. So maybe Matt Schaub just needs to stay in. Devontae Freeman was ejected for fighting. Yeah, he was ejected for fighting and trying to swing a punch, but, uh, but Darnold Aaron just, picked Donald. Him. He just picked him up. It <laughs> was Aaron Donald. Why are you going after? I mean, I guess that's good. You're, Aaron Donald's a your freak own. athlete. Dude is ripped. He looked like he's huge. twice as big as Devontae yeah. Freeman. Uh, what are you doing? I had a, had a Falcons fan message me earlier today and said that he is instituting the paper bag protocol for the rest of the season. For the Falcons. Not in that paper bag before they play? Uh, I'm, I'm thinking that at this point they might as well because I don't see it getting any better. They've had a couple injuries on defense, but that doesn't explain how bad they've been playing. And in this game, it was their but offense. But that's been their excuse for the past couple years is, oh, well, we've had injuries on defense. I agree. Oh, well, we've had injuries on defense. Absolutely. And that's been their excuse last year for how bad mm-hmm. they played. This year, they don't have it. Nope. And they're just playing terribly. Uh, their D, the defense for the Falcons, Zero sacks in four straight games. So not Awful. only do they have nobody on the back end, they're not getting any pressure on the quarterback to relieve the pressure um, before that. So it's, uh, it's not looking good for, for Atlanta. 
Um, the Rams, on the other hand, they're going to continue to compete with Seattle losing today. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be a race to the finish there in the, uh, um, NFC West for second, because it seems like the 49ers are going to hold par. Do you think the NFC West or the NFC North is the better conference or better? Division? I'm going to go to the NFC West, the mm. way teams are playing now, because okay. Seahawks and Rams solid. I know Seahawks lost today. Um, I think Rams are going to play better for the rest of the year. In the North, the Packers and the Vikings are good. The Lions are still good. They just lost to the Packers and the Vikings, who are also both good. I agree, but they tied the Cardinals. So it seems to me that those That's two are early in the Those season. are wash. Those are wash teams. So I'm looking at the other three teams, and I would take the 49ers, Seahawks, and Rams over the Packers, Vikings, and Bears. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Packers, Lions, and Vikings. The Bears are the worst team in that division. Not according to record. Them, that's garbage. No. The Lions are better than the Bears. Fine, then I would still take 49ers, Seahawks, and Rams over Packers, Vikings, and Lions. I wouldn't. Okay. We'll see. Speaking of those Seahawks. All right. Can we say, can we say all aboard? Nope. Jumping on the hype nope. train. Nope. Nope. There's room. There's room. Let's go. Look, I've been off the hype train on the Ravens all year. Coming into this year, there was no hype train. There was no hype train. It was a rickety old. It was a rickety old uh, uh, steam engine. Hey, I want to. That was just falling apart. I want everybody to know I was on early. Oh, I was on this hype train early. Please, and and what were you saying a couple weeks ago that you were you were you were ready to not believe in them anymore? I didn't After go that they far. Struggled. After they I struggled. did not go that far. Uh, I, think I did need, not. I think we need to roll the look tape. It, look it up. I think we need to roll I'll the go tape. Back, I'll go back and listen to it. Okay. All right. Okay. Fine. He didn't do good this week. He did not do well. Lamar, Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson. Because he's garbage. Neither did, no. Neither did Russell Wilson. Tell me why. Because <laughs> um, uh, uh, he got uh, up on the wrong here, side of the bed? Here. Get this. Both of them were 50% completion percentages. Okay. Okay. Lamar Jackson only had 143 yards, zero TDs, zero picks. Russell Wilson had 241, a TD, and a pick. Okay. Still, they were both one throw under 50% on their pass rating. So they both had terrible games. Why? Because Lamar it was Jackson's raining the whole time. No, because it was raining the whole time. It was a wet, sloppy game just like that. Because uh, it was in that Seattle. Of course it was. Okay, but but when it's wet and sloppy and you can't throw the ball, what are you supposed to do? Run the ball. Run the ball. Oh, who would have thought? And guess what he did? He ran the ball. Because that's what he does. Okay, well, Because he's a, a running back that okay. passes. Well, he did a pretty darn good job of it because guess what? They won. Two of the touchdowns did come from their defense. It was nice. Marcus Peter came right over. Marcus Peters came right over from, uh, from, the Rams. Um, from the Rams. And he had a pick six, just like that. So that was a good, that was a good pickup for them. Yeah. So, so if, they, if they limit the turnovers, it's a tie game. Offensively, they were the same. That's what you're telling me, right? What? I, okay, so now you're saying, oh, well, uh, uh, well maybe the Seattle Seahawks are not good. You're just trying to throw shade on the, on the, on the Ravens. That's yes, all you're trying I to do. Am. No, that's like saying the Seattle Seahawks aren't any good then. Oh, well, they're terrible because the Seahawks, they would have tied the Seattle Seahawks with, uh, with that offense. I never said that. I'm just saying that this would have been a much well, closer game. Well, by dissing game. the Ravens, you're dissing the Seahawks. Are you saying the Seahawks are bad offensively? I have no idea what he we're is, talking about right now. 
You were trying to diss and do whatever Jason does. That's what you're trying to do. <laughs> just do what I do. No. Seems like I was taking a play a page out of your book. What? <laughs> no. I'm just saying that there's room on the hype train. That's all I'm saying. Five and two. Well, anybody is welcome to get on that. I will be Five staying off. I will be Five staying off. The I don't game. care. I'm ride or die at this point. All right. We'll see what happens. There. I'm going the whole way. They're gonna, yeah. They're gonna if win. They their... lose. If they lose first round of the playoffs, I'm gonna have to sit around and listen to it. But well, I don't care. Good, because I'm going to give it to you. I don't care. New Orleans and Chicago. New Orleans wins 36-25. to Bears are just bad. I don't know what to say about the Bears. It's okay. They have no leader on the okay. offensive side of the ball. Trubisky, Fourth, wait, everybody's wait, wait, got wait, wait. Just get rid of wait, Trubisky. Wait, wait, wait. Fourth and three. Trubisky threw the ball away. <laughs> Instead of, you know, maybe just throwing it for a pick or something to at least try. Nah, let's throw it away on fourth and three. Uh, so I, hold on, I was also I was also talking to Jordan this morning, and he got a good point. They passed on Mahomes and Watson and Watson, yeah, to take Trubisky. Oh yeah, the Bears are gonna be Bears fans are gonna be thinking about that for a very very long time mm-hmm. because Trubisky is not the leader that they need on offense. They've got so many weapons on offense at the running back position. Who, 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 who? The Bears. Move. Ty Cohen's okay. I think Al David, Robinson's okay. David Montgomery is He hasn't good. done he anything. He hasn't done anything because he hasn't had the chance yet. Every time they give him the ball, he don't do much with it. Yeah, because people are stuffing the box because who do you got behind him handing the ball? They don't expect him to throw. Yeah, but still... Okay, that's enough. Most, of, I don't their, most to... of their offenses come from Trubisky throwing the ball, though. I don't want to talk about the Bears anymore. It's just so bad. It's depressing to talk about the Bears. Why? Wow, they have a good defense. They have a good defense, yes, but we're not talking about the defense. The defense has been great, but they've relied too much on their defense. They played the best team in the NFC North. Or, I'm sorry, in NFC. The NFC. The NFC. Okay, well, then let's talk about the Saints. Can anybody beat the Saints at this point in the NFC? I mean, somebody can. Are we asking... Will they? I don't don't know. Okay, will they then? I don't know. Because, I mean, the Bears had a couple of late garbage time scores, and that's what made this game seem a little bit closer than it was. But they've won five straight with Bridgewater. Breeze comes back next week. Because guess what? Good teams win with backup quarterbacks because the team is good. Terry Bridgewater is also a good backup quarterback. He is very good. Teddy Two Gloves. Uh, they did it without Breeze, and they did it without Alvin Kamara. Kamara did not play in this game. Mm-hmm. Tavius Murray took all the snaps, or the majority of the snaps at running back. So the Saints, the Saints are going to be pretty unstoppable. Um, I don't see another team that has the experience, that has the talent on both sides of the ball, that has put together a complete season so far, and maybe that'll change. Who knows? But with Breeze coming back, I don't think... Powerful. I don't think that you can see anybody in the NFC. They'll lose. No, they're going to lose. They'll drop to uh, some people in the division. I think that uh, Panthers will be able to get one from them. And I think that uh, they'll drop one they shouldn't. Whether it be to the somehow the Falcons or the, the Buccaneers. They'll, they'll drop one that they shouldn't lose. Well, and that may be the case. I think they'll, they'll be about a... They'll be about a 13 and 3, I think, at the end of the season. They're one loss right now, right? Yes. Yeah, now they'll, they be, do, they'll now, be 13 and 3. They play the 49ers. In, a good game. Uh, in week, uh, 
14. So that'll be interesting to see how that goes. Um, really, the rest of their schedule, the majority is, except for the 49ers, Titans, and Cardinals, they play, uh, they play uh, the majority uh, of their games against divisional opponents. So it'll be interesting to see what happens yeah, there. 13-3. Okay. Page we'll of the wall. See. All right. Well, uh, Matt. Last one. What do... What does the NFL and and I hate to say this because I am an Apple owner, but Apple products have in common? The Chargers suck. That's exactly <laughs> right. So tell us about those Chargers. The Chargers. Well, here, here's the way. Here's the way I found it explained best, uh, and this is pretty much sums it up. Tennessee really tried to pull a Tennessee and lose, but the Chargers just pulled the Chargers so much better. <laughs> so it was. Um, hold on. Final score. It was it was twenty three to twenty. Yeah, twenty three to twenty. So it's twenty three to twenty, and the Chargers take it all the way down to the goal line. Right. right? And so what they're gonna do is, you know, if you you could kick a field goal and at least tie it, so they're in a good position. Yeah. Right. Give the ball to Melvin Gordon, fumbles it, trying to go into the end zone, mm-hmm. and Tennessee recovers. Of course. Of course. Of course. Chargers, Chargers did away. Way to go, Chargers. Yes. You are who we thought you were. Not good. Yeah, it's bad. And Tannehill looks a lot better than Mariota. Absolutely. He looked significantly better. Tannehill they were knows the only, how to make decisions throwing the they ball. They were the only team. Was it the only team? Yeah, I think the only team or one of two teams without a 300-yard passer this season. Mm-hmm. Tannehill's first game goes out there and throws for 300-something yards. Yeah, good on him. I mean, at this point, and that's what Tennessee needs. Mariota is gone. In fact, Mariota won't start again. Not re- he will not start. Injury. He he will not start again for the Tennessee Titans. No. You've seen the last of them. Yeah, it's done. Because finally, we saw something from a Tennessee wide receiver. Corey Davis mm-hmm. has a decent day. Yeah, so, and that's going to be what unlocks their run game. So it, it's that's what we want to see. That's what we want to see from. The Titans. Well, that does it with all of our game recaps for the Sunday night game. We're nearing halftime at Dallas up 21 to 7. And uh, looks like they are driving again, trying to get another score right before halftime. So we'll keep that, uh, keep you updated on that. But as we go into our next segment, let's get into third and three. Hi. Third and three. And this week, with the trade deadline coming up in only a week's time. Uh, we wanted to talk about some trades that we would like to see possibly happen. These are possible trades. These are not necessarily probable, and we're not, we're not going to go out and talk about you know your Madden team where you're just trading whoever you want to whatever team you want. So players that make sense that they could be traded um, possibly. We've already seen some trades this year go down. We saw uh, Minka Fitzpatrick go to the Steelers, Jalen Ram- Ramsey go to the Rams, Marcus Peters go to Baltimore. Those are all defensive type trades. And so uh, we want to just talk about three trades that we'd like to see. So the first one I would like to see this, this player was, it was speculated that he would be traded. He wanted to be traded. His team said they would not trade him at this point. They've seen what they have with his backup. And so they might as well, they, they might, as, they might well. as well. Trade him. And so I would love to see Melvin Gordon go to the Buffalo bills. Now, you say Buffalo has a lot of running backs. It's true. But Frank Gore can only do so much. They have not been willing to put the load on Devin Singletary yet. 
So what better way to relieve the pressure from Frank Gore and give Devin Singletary someone he can learn behind, someone who is very similar to him, than Melvin Gordon? I could almost see him going to the 49ers as well. I don't think the 49ers would take him. They've got so many running backs. They've got already. running backs, but I think he's better than any of them, and I think that they'll be buyers at the trade deadline. Yes, but I don't think that running back is the position they're going to be looking at. They're going to be looking we'll wide receivers. They're yeah. going to be looking at wide receivers, and we'll talk about that in just a second. A good pass catching back too, though. Yeah, Melvin, Go- Melvin Gordon. As I mean, can you imagine with him if they somehow I don't know if this is part of their system, but ran an option between him and Josh Allen, it would yeah. look really good. I think that's kind of a missing piece that they're looking for because their defense is solid. I think Josh Allen can do well. Maybe wide receiver, but John Brown is having a good year. So I'd like to see Melvin Gordon go to Buffalo. Who do you got? All right, I would, A.J. Green is who I've got. He needs to go somewhere. He needs to go somewhere. Now, A.J. Green is 31 years old, and so he's an older older wide he's receiver. He's a young man. He's a young man at 31 <laughs> years old. What are you talking about? That's right, 31 years 31 old. 31 years old is the new. Old, old man for playing in the NFL at 31 years 29. old. 29. Um, I'm 29. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, right, so he's a little bit older of a wide receiver. Uh, he's been hurt, hasn't even played this season, really. Um, so you're in a position where you're the where you're the Cincinnati Bengals, and we talked about how bad you are this season. That you need to start kind of doing the Oakland thing and start getting draft picks. I don't think that they can get a first round draft pick for him, especially since he hasn't played at all this season, and there's an injury concern with him, and the fact that with his age, he's getting older. Um, right. But I think they could see him dealing him for maybe a second round pick to a team that's in need of a wide receiver. I would say that Seattle is in need of a wide receiver, and they're good, and they're a competitive team. Mm-hmm. I think also that Green Bay is in need of a wide receiver as a good competitive team. Right. I think that he would be an instant upgrade to either one of those teams, and they both have good quarterbacks who can instantly make him into you know, a playmaker. Yeah. So it's a really good option, I think, for A.J. Green to go to either of those two teams. Yeah, yeah it would be... Both of those teams have weapons already at the wide receiver position, mm-hmm. but there are question marks. Yes, those question marks behind the number one. And he would be because he would complement their number ones. Now, he may be a little bit more similar to Devontae Adams than he is to Tyler Lockett in Seattle. He would definitely, Seattle would be my first choice just because he's, he's a different wide receiver than Tyler Lockett. Uh, but I can see him going to Green Bay. And and just being a weapon. I mean, he'll get he AJ, will get traded. I AJ really Green is. I such absolutely a good, believe that AJ Green will get. He's traded. such a good player. Yeah. And you know, being an NFC AFC North Steelers fan, see AJ Green all a lot, and he always does so well. So uh, we'll be uh, we'll be looking to see where AJ Green goes. And then the last trade that I'd like to see happen. Now we've talked about two offensive players, but I would like to see Patrick Peterson go somewhere. Because he is still one of the top defenders in the league. And at this point, if the Cardinals are going for a total rebuild, they're worried more on their offensive side now. Their defense has kind of been just meh. Now, (laughs) that'll change today, apparently. But I would like to see Patrick Peterson go. And the team that I would like to see him go to the most is the team that's playing right now that's getting shredded through the air. And that's the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, that's not their only issue right now tonight. Um, But I would like to see him go to the Philadelphia Eagles because the Eagles have been bad, bad in the secondary. 
one of the worst teams in football, and I think he could go into Philadelphia in a division with some offenses, with the Giants, which is questionable, but certainly with Dallas, um, and make a difference for the Philadelphia Eagles. I can also see him going to Houston just because their secondary is so beat up, like I was saying earlier. Yes. I can see him going there. And he would be a veteran leader, kind of to compliment J.J. Watt on that team. I think wherever Patrick Peterson goes in a place of need, uh, he would definitely be useful. That's our trades that we'd like to see happens, and we'll kind of keep it tuned in over the next week or so as the trade deadline approaches because uh, more it seems more often than in times past that the uh, the trade deadline is something that, that in the NFL, as we talk about it a little more, there's a little more action than in, in years past at least over the last couple of years. So we'll see what happens. Well, let's get ready to wrap this one up tonight. Fourth and short uh, to finish us out as we look ahead to tomorrow night's matchup, the New England Patriots versus the New York Jets. New England undefeated at 6-0. The Jets at 1-4 got their first win last week with Sam Darnold coming back. And uh, this is in the Meadowlands. So that, I think, is kind of interesting. I really, I was trying to think of some kind of scenario where the Jets could pull an upset in this. They won't pull an upset, but I bet you they cover the spread. Oh, it'll it's be close. I, I think it'll be, be I think it'll be a close game. And certainly, certainly I hope it is for the sake of those of us that'll be watching it. Um, but, I mean, New England's rolling right now. New England is... You know, there's, there's, there's an 85% chance, according to Football Power Index, for them to win this game. Um, the spread is at 9.5, so it's a 43.5 over-under, if that means anything to you. Uh, but the, the, the Jets came out last week and looked good with Sam Darnold. They came out, they came look fire, they, they, they were prepared, and so I, I would like to see, but who are we kidding? They're going to be playing the Patriots defense. Yeah. They'll, they'll still lose, but I think it's going to be closer than, than people think. Okay. Um, I, think I, said, I think they'll cover spread. Yeah. Maybe it should be. And a half it should, hopefully, it'll be at least a competitive game. We've had some pretty decent Monday night games, pretty decent non-Sunday games over the last couple of weeks, uh, Thursday notwithstanding. So we'll, uh, we'll look to see what happens in that game. Well, that's going to do it for us tonight on 4th and Short. Your rapid reaction for everything that's happened today in Week 7 of the NFL. Make sure that you rate and review us on the podcast. We purposely held out any English accents today just so we could get some more, <laughs> of, some more uh, better those, reviews. Those five-star reviews. And uh, so you're welcome, America. But uh, make sure that you do that. Rate us and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. We are wherever you catch your favorite podcasts, all streaming services. And so make sure you give us a listen. Share us with your friends. Uh, tell us what you think. And uh, this is where you can get your rapid reaction. You're thinking it. We are saying it. And so that about does it for us tonight. Matt, tell the people goodbye. Raymond's hype train. Choo-choo! We are all aboard, or at least some of us are. That's going to do it for us tonight on 4th and Short. Peace out. Peace out.